views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, it's me. I'm Dr. Pat. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I want to apologize up front. It seems like that flu thing is going around and making its way to everyone. And my previously scheduled guest, Karen Casey, is not able to join us here today. But I took a poll of you all out there. And one of the things that you said that you'd like me to talk about today, and it came back in several ways. One, um, you all asked me to talk about the research that I keep mentioning. But before I do that, let me say hi to Mr. Benny. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hi, Pat. How you be, B? I'd be good. I'd be good, too. Um, really interesting today uh, lineup. We're going to have... Um, uh, Kripa Lupade on the show here with us in a little bit, who's going to be talking about um, immigration. But today we have this cancellation. And, uh, and what I decided to do is talk about some of the things that I'm, uh, uh, you know, I posted a few things on social media. And apparently people are like, okay, you got to talk about this. And so... Uh, <laughs> So I thought, well, why am I so passionate about broken promises or why am I so passionate about uh, things that aren't true? Um, Let me just take a breather right now. I grew up in a family with a mom, my stepmom, you know, Benny, you've heard me talk about my mom. Uh, She was an amazing woman from the South Uh, and one of the things uh, one of the things I know about my mom is that uh, she she was so clear with all of us kids. And one of the things she said to us, I don't care what you all girls do. You know, when you out there, I don't care what you're doing. But I'm telling you now, honey, whatever you're doing. You better not come through that door, honey, and lie to me. You better not come through that door. You know that expression, Benny? Uh, What is that movie? You can't handle the truth? Oh, from A Few Good Men? A Few Good Men? That clip, yeah. That clip. You can't handle the truth. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you, it was the opposite in my family. And my mom was like, you can't handle it if you don't tell the truth. 
<laughs> it's ah, like, yeah, that's right. Oh my God. And I was really struck by a couple of things in the news. And I don't, I'm telling you folks, you know me, man, I do this show and I don't get all headline news with you, but I was really struck by something. And one of y'all said to me, Pat, when are you going to talk about that research you keep talking about? Well, let me just explain what the research is and how it relates to to my mom uh, and what the consequences were for us three girls and my brother, what the consequences were for us when we lied. And I was really struck by I had this flashback, Benny. I really did. I had this flashback and it was a time in my life where my mom and, and this is how the whole thing came up. I used to go play in, in down the down in, in, in the lot down the end of the street in the Bronx. I grew up in the Bronx. And entertainment, really you had to make your own entertainment. This is this was the generation of let's play stickball and I'm gonna say it politically incorrect manhole to manhole, right? And so I just wanna say about this that this is what I did, manhole to manhole, stickball, we roller skated, the whole thing. But down the end of the street Many of you know this. You've heard me talk about it before on the show. Anytime you were to build a house or a housing community in the Bronx, generally what was underneath it was landfill. So what it was was this, you know, imagine this big lot down the end of the block, which everybody used to throw everything in, right? All their junk, their television sets, everything. I'm telling you, Benny, they used to, my dad got a car caught on fire one day and the car went in this lot. <laughs> So I remember loving to go down there with my friends and, you know, my friend Vito, we used to go down there at Pasquale. We used to go down there and we used to, yes, I, this is, I'm telling you folks, this is really a true story. Benny, B, Vito and Pasquale, we used to go down there. And then we had a, we had a kid across the street. He was from Russia and we used to call him Igor. That, I know that was not his name, but we used to go down there. Vito, Joe Maggio, myself. Pasquale, we used to go down there and we used to build a fort in this lot down the end of the street. And so we would build this fort. And of course, my dad was a mechanic. So I had access to all of his tools, hammers, you name it, nails, everything. So we build a fort. One day I stepped on a nail and I, I really, I mean, can you imagine stepping on a nail that came from a landfill Lord knows what's down the end of that block, what's in that landfill. But here's the deal. I knew I wasn't supposed to be down there. And so I knew one of the things that I could not do. I was caught between a rock and a hard place, folks. Are you ready for this? I was caught between, do I tell my mom that I stepped on this big fat nail? That thing went through the bottom of my foot, Benny. I'm just saying. I'm not going to get graphic about it, but it did. But I stepped on that nail, right? And do I tell my mom that I was down in this lot that I wasn't supposed to be down in? Or do I just keep my mouth quiet? Well, the consequence that I knew from lying to my mom was so great that what was going to happen to me was I just kept quiet. So you see, for me, the idea of silence, I thought at a very young age, that's not really lying, or is it? My mom didn't ask me where I was. I didn't hobble around. I got in the house, and I washed that thing up, 
And the next thing that happened to me is what I knew about it was here I am. That's what I did. And all of a sudden, a couple of days go by, Benny, right? A couple of days go by. The days are going by. And all of a sudden, Benny, I can't walk. I'm not able to walk. Right, Benny? Can you imagine your boy stepping on a nail and then them all of a sudden not telling you, and here we go. And I could not walk. So I couldn't walk. And what I'm doing is I'm walking down this lot and, and, I'm, and I'm walking to school and I have to get to where I have to go. And I'm taking buses and I'm taking the subway and I'm doing everything within a week. This thing wells itself up and it is big and it's fat and it's my toes are all like horrible. Right. And all of a sudden I am in a lot of pain. I'm in a lot of pain and I'm still not going to tell my mom. I'm not going to say, oh, MG, mom, guess where I was a week ago? I was down in that dirty lot. And why do you think my mom didn't want me down in that dirty lot? Well, I know why, but (laughs) (laughs) I get what you're getting at. Yeah, exactly for this reason. All of a sudden, I, I come home one day from school and I'm carrying my books and I'm, you know, like I'm that good girl, right? And I'm carrying my books and my mom is out there and all of a sudden I cannot walk up the stairs, Benny. I'm like grabbing onto the railway. So then I can walk up the stairs and my mom says, what is wrong with you? And I said, my head, right? Silence. And I'm just shaking my head back and forth like nothing, right? Like nothing. And I'm shaking my head. And my mom, this is my, let me tell you about my mom. My mom was married at 12. Hello? Is right? that like, not to be like statistical is that a record is that like the that's young, down the south that's, that's, that's really old down young the south, wow that's old school apparently down the south my mom would say if you got to be 14 and you weren't married uh you pretty much that was not good you know that was where you know they sent you to another country if you're 14 this is what she used to tell us she said honey you know if i got to be 14 i wasn't married i was going to be in trouble and so all of a sudden here we go 12 she had her first child you know, a 13 or second child, my sisters, Joyce and Doris, right? So we are all the same age, but here's the deal with my mom. Um, You can't get much by her, Benny, right? Anyone that comes from that kind of history, that kind of background's pretty much seen it all at a young age. My dad was like 20 years older than her, right? But all of a sudden you are not going to get anything by this woman. You're just not, it's not going to happen. And all of a sudden she says, I want to see your foot. Now, here we are on the stoop. That's what we called it in the Bronx. We're on the stoop outside my house. And my mother says, take off your shoe. What is wrong with your foot? And I'm like, I'm just like, yes, ma'am. I'm just taking my shoe off. Benny, what, 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 what happened after that, I, I will never forget in my life. My mother took one look at my foot, went in the house, grabbed the keys. We got in the old beater car that my dad had. And the next thing I know, we were off to the doctor. And what happened after that, it is just too much detail to explain. But this was my lesson in life about what it means to tell the truth, why you do it. 
Now, I'm not even going to tell you what happened to me after that, because, you know, with my mom, you know, if there was a lesson to learn with all of us kids, and I have many of them to share, but not today, if there was a lesson for me to learn with all of the kids here, here, we never forgot these things. Clearly, there was going to be some consequence to that. But that's not my point today. My point today is this. We had to sit down and I had to talk about what, why I didn't tell the truth. What was it that was holding me back from telling the truth? Was it really that I was afraid to get in trouble? Not really. Not really. I was doing something I wasn't supposed to do. And if you know anything about me, Usually, if I feel like I want to go down the parking lot down near the dump, we called it, and play, and I've got like three or four of my other cahoots colluding with me to do it, collusion is a great way to hide the truth, right? If I got my my buds to go with me down there, Vito, Pasquale, Joe Maggio, right? And we're all going down, and Igor, his name is not Igor, but that's what we called him, Igor. And we're going down the street. And that's what we're doing. We're going to do it. And so the lesson I learned in that is, A, don't do something you're not supposed to do for very good reasons or weigh the facts about why you do it. But most importantly, do not tell an untruth. Now, I want to tell you, I got new meaning to the word alternative facts. And I'm going to share it because this was me. I, I, I wish I wish that we could give credit uh, to to, you know, our political arena for that. But as kids, I don't know you all. We're really good with alternative facts. So the alternative facts for me was even sitting in the doctor's office and I'm sitting there with the doctor and the doctor is trying to, you know, clean up my I mean, this was like this. I, my mom told me later they thought they were going to have to amputate my foot. That's how bad this thing was, Benny. But even in the middle of this, in as much pain as I'm in, I'm really conjuring up a story that sounds like this. Well, I don't really know what happened. You know, I think I may have stepped on a nail. Well, where did you step on the nail? Well, I think I may have stepped on the nail in the garage. Because here I know, right? So did I step on a nail? You bet your butt I stepped on a nail. But where did I step on the nail? Uh, not down the lot. So, so far I'm pretty good, right? So far here I am. But my mom is watching me. And my mom could spot a liar from a hundred yards away. She could. I, and there's another story about how she learned that lesson. But here I am. I'm still good with my story. Yeah, I think I must have stepped on a nail in my dad's garage. And, you know, so all of a sudden now I'm blaming my dad. Now I'm blaming my dad for not cleaning up the garage. Now, how did I know this story was going to work with my mom? Well, because I used to hear my mom, Benny, say to my dad, Tony, clean up the dang garage. I'm not cleaning up your tools, honey. I'm cooking. I'm going to make you fried chicken. I'm going to cook for you. I'm going to. But I am not going down in your garage, your workspace with the oil and the grease. And I am not going to pick up your mess. So here it is. I got my story now. These are my alternative facts. This is it. I got it. 
I could pretty much get away. I'm sitting there in the office with the doctor, and he's got all sorts of things he's doing in my foot. And he's asking me this question. I'm yeah, I yeah, you know what? I, I think I stepped on a nail. I think I stepped on a nail in, yeah, in, in the garage. You know, and I look at my mom, and I'm saying to my mom, Mom, let me tell you about the nail. You know, remember that piece of two-by-four that Dad got down there that had that nail in it? Here I go. Now I really got my alternative facts. I'm lining this up. I'm, I got it going because right away I'm saying I did step on a nail. So that's not a lie, Benny. I did step on a nail. Now where did I step on the nail? I got to tell you, when I stepped on that nail down at that lot, that dump, that fort that we bought for each other, that nail went so far through my foot, I will tell you, I knew that I stepped on that nail down there. But so far now, I got a little story about it, which is starting to feel really much like the truth. And the doctor says to me, oh, how did you get the nail out of, how did you get the two by four out of your foot? How, how did you, how did you pull that out of your foot? Because he said, you know, this nail went in there pretty good. You know, you, you had to, how did you pull that out? That went through your shoe, that went through the thing, that went through the two by four. So here I am, right? And so here's what I said. I said, oh, oh, um, Joe, uh, Joe, which lived two doors through it, Joe and Pasquale, um, and it, they helped me pull it out. Now, uh-oh, now I got a real, I got the story going here. They pulled it out. So far, Benny, I'm not lying, right? Because I did have the nail. They did help me pull it out. But so far, I'm thinking I am skating home with this. I am skating home with this. Then he says, you know, to my mom, and I knew these two were colluding with this, Benny. I knew it. I, I didn't know it then, but I do know it now. Then the doctor turns to my mom, and I'll never remember this because I could smell. I remember the smell of antiseptic and everything going on in this room. And he turns to my mom, and he says, you know, Doris, you know, when you go home, would you mind bringing in that piece of wood with the nail? Because we can run some tests on it, and it'll save a lot of time, and we don't have to stick. Listen, this, what, this, is, this, is, what, this is like the nightmare from Elm Street for me. You're a kid, and you're my, and I'm a kid. And we say, I don't know, what was I, 10, 11? I don't even know. And I'm sitting there with my mom. And, and so the doctor turns, yeah, Doris, you know, honey, wait, Doris, can you go get... And my mom says, looks at me and says, honey, you know, do you think we could get that? And I said, oh, I don't know. And the doctor says to my mom, well, you know, if we can't find that piece of wood, then what we're going to have to do. And he pulls out a needle, Benny. He pulls out a needle. It looked like a horse needle, right? <laughs> do, do, do you know what that looks like? Like one of those big injections that they give big animals? Oh, yeah. Right. Like oh, my needles. God. Big needle. Yeah. So he pulls out the needle. And he starts to, he pulls out a bottle and he starts to fill the needle up with it. And, and I just looked at him and he's talking to my mom, he's talking to my mom and, and you know, and I said, oh, I don't think we're going to be able to find, I don't, we're not going to find that because we threw it away. You know, we threw that, we threw the two by four with the nail away. So now here I am. Now I got my story going. We threw it away. And all of a sudden my mom says, oh, she threw it away. I think you may have to. So here I am. I'm sitting there, Benny. And I had this moment of truth. I'm sitting there. And it's the moment that I think every kid 
you know, goes through at some point in time when you realize that you are at a choice point and the next decision you make is a decision that you will never forget. And I remember and I just remember saying, okay, that is not exactly the way that happened. That is not exactly the way that happened. Busted. <laughs> Busted. And my mom looks at me. You had to know my mom. My stepmom was amazing. You know, just, she said, well, honey, what do you mean? She said, are you leaving a few facts out? This is my stepmom, right? And I'm really struck by this because this is exactly what's happening in the headlines today. And all of a sudden my mom is like, did you leave a few things out of that story? The doctor looks at me and he's still holding this horse needle in his hand, right? And the tears now are pouring down my face, right? Pouring down my face. And I said, yes, I was stepped on a nail. I was down a lot. I know I shouldn't have been down a lot. And I stepped on a nail and we were building a fort. I will tell you that the doctor put his horse needle down finished the thing he was doing my mother looked at me and says uh, the lot the lot the lot down the street the junkyard i said yeah it was a junkyard it you know i'll tell you we went down there and we used to throw rocks at the rats that's the place we played down there i don't see anything it. wrong with that there's just so there's many nothing wrong with that's that. just that's control right there that's control so i'll and, give you credit yeah, for no, that that's good yeah, and we don't yeah. want any me- emails from me. I was a kid. I didn't know yeah, I was doing I mean, harm right, to the rats. Right, but the rats, right. by the way, just to let you all know, they were the mm-hmm. size of cats. So here I am. That's my lesson that I learned. And it's a lesson that I never forgot. And, you know, what I'm struck by, so much so, Benny, that that became, for me, a lifelong journey uh, in integrity for myself. How can I stay aligned in, with who I am? And I want to say that I don't do this perfectly. I don't. You know, there are some days that I think about back in my history, especially in my work career, when, you know, I'm sitting across from my boss and, you know, the questions I'm being asked are, did you do that? Did you put that card in? Did you make that change? Did you do that? And kind of not like my mom did, where I had glimpses of not wanting to tell the truth not wanting to tell the truth. But apparently for me, it's in my sign. Apparently this is a lifelong journey. And if you talk to some of the past life people, they probably say multiple lives. So when I lost my job in 1990, I was an executive at the telephone company. And what do I remember about that job loss? Here's what I remember. Many of you might say it must have been devastating losing your job after 24 and a half years. But that's not what Linda and I remember. What we remember is having a massive organizational, right in the auditorium, a big meeting by George Halmeyer, the president of the company, telling us that we just got approved for something like a trillion dollar budget, right? And that there would be no cuts, there would be no downsides. This was like in August. There would be no cuts, no downsides. All of the budgets got approved. It's going to be the best year ever. Everybody's going to get huge 
huge, huge wage increases, right? This was a room full of like thousands of people in the auditorium. He told us this. He had charts and graphs and everything. Boom, laid up on there. It was the, and, and you know, by the way, you know, the, the role that I had, the position I had, I helped put those numbers in there. And we thought we are good to go. Job security, Benny, job security. You know, divestiture really didn't affect us. We were all good in the hood. And off we went on our lives. You know, we bought homes. We, I mean, the story goes on. People, people did things based on that information. What happened after that, no one could have predicted. What happened after that sent me on a course in my life that had that thing not happened, I wouldn't be here talking with you today. So when we come back, I want to tell you how liar, liar, pants on fire. That's what my mom used to say to me. Yes, I did post that on Facebook. Liar, liar, pants on fire became a reoccurring theme for me to be on the lookout for. And I want to share when I come back what I spent eight years researching, because many of you have asked me, are you ever going to talk about it? After researching this for eight years, I will tell you I had to go to therapy. Let's take a short break, Mr. Benny. <laughs> we could. And when we come back, more with Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. Phone lines are open. Comments, questions, 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. Here's what I want to say. If you ever end up in a place where Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire, make sure you're next to a fire extinguisher. We'll be right back. Registration is now open for the 25th Annual Woman of Wisdom Conference. Join the fabulous presenters from around the country on February 16th through the 20th. If you believe in raising the feminine spirit and transforming our world, then this conference is for you. Get your tickets now. One day and full weekend passes are available. For more information about presenters and tickets, visit womanofwisdom.org. That's womanofwisdom.org. A word of caution, if you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com.
Hi, this is Leslie Fontaine, and my show is Sheer Alchemy on TransformationTalkRadio.com. When we're bogged down with our emotions, the hardships that plague us in our relationships, at work, our finances, we literally can't see the higher plane where we could be operating from. Tune in to Leslie Fontaine, Sheer Alchemy on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in to Dynamics of Diversity Radio, scripting the new narrative for immigration with leading experts, Kripa Upadhyay and Steve Tanijo on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will remove the noise that often accompanies discussions on this topic and share a new perspective on the dynamics of immigration and diversity, ever reminding us that together we are all at the core of innovation, excellence, and positive change. Visit OrbitLawPLLC.com for upcoming topics. Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. Hey, everyone, welcome back. It's so great to have you all tune us in and turn us on. You know, uh, this morning, Benny, I was listening to Claire Candy's show. Um, And the show is fabulous, by the way. And for those of you who are not familiar with it, let me give you a little bit of information. If you go to TransformationTalkRadio.com, you're going to be able to see um, some of the shows that are on 24-7. But this morning in particular... Uh, there was a show, Angel Healing House Radio with Claire Candy, uh, and the topic was You Cannot Fail. And I'm really struck by the idea that you cannot fail. And what happens if we really believe that? If we really believe we cannot fail, then we are not going to go to liar, liar, pants on fire. We're just not. Like the story I just shared with my folks, my mom, and stepping on that nail, which almost, by the way, cost me my foot. It almost cost me my foot. That, that's a real story. It almost cost me my foot. Um, and uh, what I want to say about that is, if I were to hold that sacred angelic space, if I were to hold that and learn that I could not fail, then there are things that I would learn to stand up for in my life. And when I lost my job, I did just that. Because the next part of that story is that uh, in August, and I believe it was like August 26th, I, we had that meeting which we're, we're not, not going to fire anybody, budget's bigger than ever. One month later, I'm in human resources, in program development, and we are now told that not only was that budget or is that budget not going to be approved, but it was going to be cut. And we were going to be implementing one of the first downsize initiatives in this country. 
And downsizing is the word that was used back then in the night, you know, in, in early nineties downsizing. And as the story unfolds and what you should know is it really wasn't the downsizing initiative, but if you take my mother's, you know, belief in liar, liar, pants on fire, not lying, no matter what. And you hold what Candy talked about this morning, about you cannot fail. Then when you put those together, the truth will, the truth will set you free. Because the truth of the matter is, when we are that connected with a level of integrity, we don't have to make things up. We don't have to cover up. We don't have to change the story. You don't have to be part of a president's speech where he knew that we were not going to be approved for a trillion dollar budget and thousands of people were going to be laid off. What happens to, to us is what happened to me. As the head of HR, I was told to let thousands of people go. That was my job. And what was originally going to be this benign way to early retirement, big salary, you know, uh, severance pays, all of that then became something different. And my boss said to me at that point in time, I want you to fire your employee who has 29 years of service and 11 months. That's one month from a, from a, from a pension. And I must have heard Claire, I must have heard Claire Candy's voice in my mind, saying to me, that is not the right thing to do. And if you do the right thing in this moment, you cannot fail. If you do the thing which may change the course and direction of your life, you cannot fail. If you do it in the highest vibration that you know at the person you are, you cannot fail. And I looked at my boss and I said, I am not doing that. That is inhumane. You can take my head count, and the rest is history. Claire Candy, my very special guest. Claire, welcome, uh, welcome to the show today. It's great to have you here. What a great show you did this morning. Thank you so much, Pat. It's a pleasure to be here, and um, I'm sending extra energy. The attrition rate to the uh, the ill that is falling on your show is that they're falling. <laughs> they're falling like dominoes. <laughs> I know, uh, and and you know, I love I love that you're sending the prayers, and I, I wanted to ask you to come on and talk a bit about how you started the show earlier today that you did, and well, yeah. and your perspective on you cannot fail. Well, you know, um, the, it, it all came about because uh, a former client, a very dear friend of mine, uh, who is a metaphysical teacher, he is a presenter, um, he, he, through the years, got paid very little for what he did, um, and he would have an extraordinary effect on others, and uh, he got great joy and fruition out of doing this, and yet his parents called him up and told him he was a failure, um, and, uh, and, and by doing so, so, uh, you know, the, he started to spiral downwards. Um, it's been very difficult on on his family, on his uh, on his young daughter. He's a single dad. And uh, yet when he tunes into his heart, he knows. He knows that he's go, going the, the 
uh, most beneficial way for him to serve. Um, and uh, and he, he, he sought my advice and I said, uh, the Posse of Angels and I want you to know that you cannot fail because you are here as that reflective of God's source. You are here of that higher representation. And as long as you are in your authenticity, as long as you are doing that which makes your heart sing and you are taking that inspired action from the signs that the angel sends you and God speaking through your heart, then that will uh, set you on the path of, of your greatest service. And that's why we're here. We're here to be of that greatest service. Um, and they also, the posse of angels said this morning that there is nothing to fail at. You know, there's there's simply nothing to fail at, and failure is a benchmark, or it's just a signpost along the way that something external has set in your path to tell you that you have failed or not. And quite frankly, who wants to accept somebody else's benchmark for your life when your heart really knows uh, the most uh, the most beneficial direction and it knows what makes your heart sing and believe me Pat you know um, you me and everyone else yeah. um, have been at that stage in our lives where we silenced ourselves because yeah. we thought we were failures we followed somebody else's benchmark and our life was so dishonoring and just dis and respectful like the example that you're giving and then when we stood up for ourselves and saying no I'm not going to silence my heart any more life took a dramatic turn uh, for the better and then we start living an authentic life you know it's interesting when I when I was listening before I came yeah. on about liar liar <laughs> pants I, I on was, fire liar liar pants on fire I was thinking that we might tell little white lies we might tell untruths or whatever but the posse of angels want us to realize that nothing is hidden. Every minute energy gets recorded in our book of life. Nothing, nothing is veiled. So there is, there is retribution. There is that karmic energy that will come back and it will bite us in our bottoms. I mean, at some stage or another, if we lie, if we're um, not truthful, yeah. if we, you know, that will come back in some way, shape or form. So there is that, that karmic thing to consider. It is. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I love about it is I never thought, you know, you sit in there and you're, you're, you're a kid. And I said I was like 10 or 11. And you're never going to think, well, wait a minute. You're like, like decades later, you're going to be sharing this, this story uh, uh, with the public about a lesson you learned back at the day. You know, the other part of the lesson, and this is why I was so struck by your show. You know, the other part of the lesson is that, you know, that same woman, uh, as I described, having her first child at 12 or second one at 13, that's that same woman taught me to persevere, mm. taught me to persevere. You know, the idea of never being able to do something and the words I can't were so not in her vocabulary. That's the other thing I learned from her mm. is, you know, this this idea of I can't. You know, I can't, I can't do the pogo stick. I can't do this or I can't do that. I can't play that instrument. That's just was not in her blood. But at the same time, you know, I want to ask you this. It, at the same time, I got the kind of support growing up to help build 
some stamina and some resilience and and some of those spiritual muscles. I, I got that as well. How important is that? Just like the support that you shared for your friend. Right. Well, it, it it's immensely important um, to have that growing up. But um, the former soul before my walk-in experience, she did not have that. Um, mm-hmm. She had and the near. She was seeing angels and fairies as a young child, uh, conversing with them. Um, and uh, you know, I was told that I had an overactive imagination at five with the near-death experience and coming back. Um, it wasn't spoken about. It wasn't certainly it wasn't supported. Um, and so there are some of us that don't have that support as young children and what that makes us, uh, what that, um, develops in us is this, uh, is this character of, well, I'm not normal, I'm abnormal, you know, um, I, I don't fit in, um, and some, some can um, buoy themselves and become their own cheerleading squad and saying, well, I'm going to go do this regardless, Um, you know, and others, you know, they become quiet and acquiescing. Um, But somewhere along the line, uh, the contrast of it uh, is like an like an oyster, like a grit in a in a per, in an oyster shell, and over over time, the irritation of it, you know, it might not be right away; it might be years later. But we get so irritated by it that it makes us. It makes us step forward, and it makes us uh, to to be heard. And to mm-hmm. be seen, um, so it can work both ways. Yeah, um, there are so many that have achieved greatness that were not supported as children, um, and it created something inside of them. This rebel attitude <laughs> that that propelled them forward. Yeah, um, you, you know, part of this too is, and this is what I'm discovering now, and why it's so confusing from people for people is that, uh, you know, that rhyme, that liar, liar, pants on fire rhyme, there are a couple of stories about how it originated. One of them is, you know, kind of like what I just described, right? There was a young country boy who who stole a cigar from his dad's smoke box, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and clearly this is something that I would have done. My dad smoked cigars. And, you know, at a very young age, I was like, okay, I'm going to smoke the cigar too, right? Right. But but I never did this. So the the kid takes, takes, steals it goes into the shed, right, and is Mm -hmm. attempting to mimic his dad. And so he lights the cigar. The dad smells the smoke, like, and there's then the expression (laughs) where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Right. The dad smells the smoke, follows the trail of the smoke over crunchy leaves. And when the dad, when the kid hears the dad's footsteps, right, because we could hear the footsteps of truth coming, right? Yeah. When the dad hears it, when he hears it, he snuffs the cigar as best he could and then sticks it in his back pants pocket, right? <laughs> yeah. Dad opens the shed. And, and this is why I wanted to talk about this today because this is literally what's happening. The dad opens the shed and the kid is like you know, all innocent, just like me, sitting in the doctor's office and saying he was looking for a hook to go fishing with a friend, <laughs> you know, at a promising Fish. So, so here we go. Now we got that story. All of a sudden, the spark ignites in his pocket. <laughs> right. And the kid's pants on fire. And the father's watching the smoke coming out of his pocket. And dad yells, liar, liar, pants on fire. 
That is wonderful. (laughs) I mean, but that's the story. What I think we're faced with now, and this is really for me, is I was talking to a friend who is a journalist. And, you know, he was saying to me, uh, he was just talking to me, Claire, about, you know, we really are having a hard time. We can't, like, tell. And so I I said, you're telling me you can't tell the truth. I said, you're a journalist. I said, I don't understand. You can't. He said, well, you know, we really can't because we're not we're going to be locked out. And and I'm thinking to myself, I'm so not buying into that. Absolutely. You know what it really makes me think about, Pat? What? Tell me. It it, it makes me think about the civil rights movement and and how, you know, to get along, to go along, to get along was not the status quo anymore. It was those voices that stood up and said the way things were and the truth. And each one of them brought that, their, that the Berlin Wall of the civil rights down. We're still fighting it today, but yeah. we've, made, we've made tremendous strides. Um, and for journalists not to tell the truth... Um, in this day and age, I mean, we can see it. Those of us who are awakened and conscious, mm-hmm. we cannot watch the ludicrously skewed, manufactured, controlled media anymore because of the circus that it's presenting. We're now, we're now conscious enough to perceive the circus that's going on there, um, and the in the manufactured media, and and it's time that somebody stood up and said. Your Majesty, like the Emperor's new clothes, Your Majesty, you're naked. I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah. but this is the truth. And I was I was using this um, example um, recently that the Berlin Wall was up forever. It yeah. was made of made of really strong material, and it was you know steadfast. And one day it was up, and the next day it was down. Yeah. What what we what each one of us can do in this state in this stage is not fall into despair, but see how much of the world is shifting, and and somebody says, yeah, but all you got to do is look at the news. But you don't get your cues from the news. I get my cues from something like Standing Rock. Standing Rock. Yeah. Would not have occurred if the shifting of the consciousness was not at an elevated level. And it's these things, um, the the truth about you know the high levels of mercury and thimerosal oh. in uh, in vaccines. I mean, it, all of these things, GMOs, fluoride, chemtrails, all of these things are coming to light to be acknowledged to be thanked for their contrast, to be blessed, and then to be released. So, um, you know, it was, uh, I just saw a wonderful movie, Hidden Figures. Um, yes, please, I did too. Oh, my gosh, that touched my heart. Yeah. In that, in that how, how they changed the system was they stayed in their integrity, they stayed with their dignity, but they also stood up for what they believed. They stood up in their authenticity. They stood up in their in their truth that they had the right to be equal. They didn't want to be, have special treatment. No, it, really, nobody wants special treatment. Right. They want to be treated as equals. And if journalists want to be treated as professionals, yes. as equals, it's time for somebody to stand up and say, Your Majesty, you're naked. Well, that happened yesterday. I mean, what happened yesterday, you know, uh, in Meet the Press, 
uh, by uh, uh, Chuck Todd was groundbreaking. You know, it was groundbreaking what he did. And, you know, people are saying, who the bleep is Chuck Todd, right? Because what the heck is, well, here's Chuck Todd. You know, you're getting a story that says, well, wait a minute, it's not really a lie. It's an alternate, they're alternate facts. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if I'd have said that to my mom? I mean, can you imagine if I walked in and I said, hold on, doctor, wait with that needle. I don't want you putting that needle in my foot. I got an alternate fact for you. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the alternate fact. Are you ready for it? Are you kidding me? I know now sitting here talking to you that my mom would have looked at that doctor and said, shoot her up with that needle. Yeah. <laughs> Ab- I mean, absolutely. I, I know it. But, you know, I'm, I've gotten emails. You know, we posted a few things on, on Facebook from an old boss of mine, Bob Davis. I got to love Bob. You know, Bob gave me one of my first breaks in the phone company. He never treated me as a clerk. He never treated me as less than. He gave me some of the most incredible assignments around divestiture. I mean, this was a man, him and Carlton Brown, they were two leaders that I never will forget, ever. And I got to tell you, we saw the good, the bad, and the ugly in that process. But one of the things he and I were, were back and forth Facebooking about is the definition of falsehood. And he said, didn't you study this for eight years, Pat? I said, you know, I did. I did. I studied broken promises and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, do you, can't you just talk about the definition? I said, Bob, it's simple. Anybody can Google this, Claire. Mm-hmm. And Claire Candy is my very special guest. You can Google it, right? Yeah. It's simple. It's the state of being untrue. Right? It's that simple. It, it really is. And it's then there are two bullet points. One says a lie. The other one says lying. And I'm struck by even, you know, you know, our buddy Chuck here calling it out and saying that's a falsehood. What happened to us? If that were me and my mom and I was sitting across from my mom and I said, Mom, no, it's not really a lie. It's a falsehood. It, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, pregnancy. Um, you can't you can't be a little bit pregnant. You can't be a little bit pregnant. Either you are or you're not. There's no gray areas there. It's it's just you know a falsehood is an untruth, and we all know at the heart of our hearts when we're doing it. Actually, when we lie, do you know what? From a physiological point of view, it causes the Everything is energy, as you know. It calls dissonance in our heart. And even when we're thinking about lying, that energy starts to interrupt the energy pathways in our, in our system and makes and and it it starts lowering the immune system it starts um uh, compromising the um the emotional um energy our emotional wellness and then our our physicality starts to dip down just at the very thought that we're going to lie and then that goes on to make all of our other energies um a negative you know, and affecting all other areas of our lives. So it's, uh, it's, it's extraordinary because our natural state, and I've often spoken about our divine eternal natures, um, is one of 
truth. It's one of authenticity. It's one of that excitable child, that bliss that, you know, we all know this inside. And when we go down that road of lying for our ego, for the money, for the so-called success of expectation or whatever that is, we are comp- we're not only compromising our, our emotional and physical wellness, and then the outcome of our choices, but then we're compromising all other beings on the planet and the planet itself. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I know is if we really believe what you talked about this morning, Claire, if we really believe that um, we cannot fail, that's been our tagline of this show for years you know, it, it, it really is. You know, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? Yeah. Lying isn't one of them. <laughs> I, I just want to fill in the blank there for those of you that are wondering. Yeah. You know, sometimes we do make a mistake with facts. I've done it. I do a lot of talking. I talk to a lot of people. And sometimes I get stuff messed up. I mean, as a matter of fact, I recorded an ad the other day and I reversed the phone number and I could swear I did it right. Mm. But we're human. We're human in that way. You know, this weekend we saw people coming out that we didn't even think existed. You know, we've been talking about generations of people here recently that that don't really believe in anything. This is I don't say this, but, you know, they say don't Mm. really believe in things, kind of wish they had it all. That is not what we saw this weekend. I bet they had some angel energy. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. And it's it's people finally understanding that they, each and every one of us, has an integral puzzle piece of the planet. And we are already successful. We are, each one of us that reaches for fame, how much more famous can you be that you are a direct reflection of that higher source? And here... And you have all the tools within you because abundance is your nature. You have unlimited potential inside of you. And you can go forth and you can touch the world in extraordinary ways with your kindness, your, your wonderful gifts and talents. And you're just, you're just your beingness um, is, uh, is such an important part of this world. Um, and we all have. We all have the ability to, uh, to step up. Um, But many people stop them from doing this because they compete with others and they say, well, if I do that, I'll fail. But I am here today and the Posse of Angels to tell you that you simply cannot fail, Um, you know, and all you do need to do. And once you step up and you're creative and expressive and enthusiastic, that speaks the same language as the universe to bring you more reasons to create, to be enthusiastic and authentic. Um, and it just works like that. That's the ease and grace of the of the world when you step into that authenticity. I love it. Please give out your information how so people can find out more about you and more about your more about your fabulous show. Thank you. My show is uh, on its new home of Transformation Talk Radio as as of January 3rd this year. And it's every week on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can always get a hold of me at Angel Healing House, uh, which is my beloved business for the last 14 years. And that phone number is 831 
277-3716. You can email me at candy, C-A-N-D-Y, at angelhealinghouse.com. And that website is angelhealinghouse.com. Um, I have three glorious books, Angels of Faith, One True Home Behind the Veil of Forgetfulness, and my revealing autobiography with my face on the cover, I Am an Angelic Walk-In. And they can all be ordered and purchased from angelhealinghouse.com. I love it. Thank you all. That was a uh, thank you for joining me here, Claire Candy, everybody, my very special guest here You're joining me welcome. today. We got another hour coming up. We're not done yet. Here we go. Creep is going to be joining us from Arbit Law. Dreams deferred. Do immigrants still have a place in today's America? We'll be right back. I tried to swim against The preceding audio was via a Skype call.